All right, what's happening? What's going on? Happy Friday. Let's get into it. Deep Dive Friday, like we do every single Friday. Deep Dive Handicap and a pick. Uh, I know last week we did a college football game. Today we are back to another college football game. I've been doing a lot of this lately, getting ready for the season. So I know these games aren't for a little bit, you know, a month or so. But I think there's value. I think these lines will move. And in, in most cases, these lines are moving. So uh, let's get to it. We're going to give out Utah, Florida. Uh, this is one of the bigger games in the first week of the season. So the pick here is going to be, oh, shit. Well, you know what? When I actually had this pick, because I did this on a different podcast I do too, called College Football Tailgate, Utah was minus eight. Okay, that's my pick. It's Utah minus eight. Now, I do like it up to minus nine, but... I mean, the, the value ends at minus, minus 9, minus 115. So let me be clear about that. That's where I like it to. Um, but I'm just not sure because this thing has been moving. So let me pull it up real quick. I should have probably done this for the show. But you know what? We'll do this together. All right. So, oh, no, it's back down to 8.5. So a little bit of money coming in on Florida. Let's just see right now where it is for everyone across the country. So, um, God, this website aggravates me. All right. So uh, DraftKings minus 9. Circa in Las Vegas is minus 8. Bookmakers minus eight, Bet Online minus eight and a half, Westgate minus nine, Caesars minus nine. So you can get eights, you can get eight and a halves, you can get nines everywhere right now. So you just have to look, you just have to shop around. If you're in Vegas, Circa Sports right now has the best line eight minus one, uh, minus eight, minus 108 for Utah, but you can find them out there certainly. Let's give it eight and a half. It seems like that's the market consensus right now. That'll be the official price we grade on the show, Utah minus eight and a half. So here's why we like the home favorite. Uh, let's start off with some power rankings. I've got Utah eighth in the country, and I've got Florida 21st in the country. And that makes that that total gap between those two teams in my power rankings is the difference of about 7.1 points, right? So, so let's just call it a touchdown, even though that's pretty conservative for Utah. Let's call it a touchdown. Uh, Utah's seven points better. So ask yourself, how much do you think the Utah home field is worth? In my opinion, it's one of the most... It's one of the most difficult places to go play, not just because of the actual atmosphere, but because you're going to altitude. It's just a different experience for teams, especially in the South and the SEC, who don't make this trip very often at all. So I think that given my power ratings and the fact that I'd say maybe four to five points is like the market consensus for Utah's home uh, home field, let's just say four, right? I want to build a case using the most conservative numbers here. So if I have uh, Utah seven points better, and the the home field's worth four, that right there alone puts me at Utah minus 11. So that's a good gap of of value or perceived value that we have just based on power ratings, okay? So again, Phil Steele has Utah's home field at five and a half. So, so I mean, I think four points is pretty conservative. And you may say my rating's trash. You may say, oh, that's 7.1, that's nonsense. But even given the home field, there's a, there's a few points to work with there. And I think history has proven that my ratings are very, very good in college football. Utah returns 16 starters, including their quarterback, Cam Rising. Uh, a couple running backs, Jaquin and Johnson, Michael Bernard, are back. And their top two receivers return. But they're definitely going to miss Dalton Kincaid. And I believe that's a huge deal in the offseason. But too much, I believe, is being made of it for one reason. Brant Keithy, uh, the senior tight end, has played for several years at Utah, knows the system very well, in and out. And you may say, okay, he's a senior, he's been there for a while, but what has he done? This has been a productive, one of the most productive players in Utah's offense going back several seasons. Let's go back to 2019. In 2019, 
Brank Heathy was number one in Utah, uh, in Utah's, uh, uh, well, I should say it this way. In 2019, Brank Heathy was number one on Utah in reception yards. So he was their number one target. He had a lot of big yards, a lot of big plays. It wasn't just his dink and dunk passing. Number one on Utah for reception yards. Fast forward one year, 2020, he was second on the team in reception yards. And then one more year, fast forward, 2021, he was first place again. So in Utah's reception yards, 19, 20, and 21, he was first, second, and first. He knows what he's doing. He's a very big target. He's got great hands. The only reason he, he didn't have a great year last year, he had some injuries. And of course, Dalton Kincaid stepped up and really kind of took that tight end room, uh, room over. So he knows what he's doing. He's going to have a great season, I think. And the idea of the drop off in the tight end room may be a little bit for depth. But as I said last year, Keith wasn't even available for half the season. So I like this kid. He's a good tight end. He's going to have a, a big season. And we're going to see early on in this game specifically what he's going to do for this offense. So I don't think that it's going to be a big deal at all. I think they'll actually be improved a little bit offensively, even given the loss. If anything, it's going to be a 50-50. It's going to be a wash, right? A net, a net neutral. But I think they may be a little bit better this year. Um, let's get on the defensive side because Utah does have a very underrated defense. Last year, they finished 11th in efficiency. Uh, they finished, I mean, most public rankings, including Phil Steele, have this defense as a top 10 unit right now. Uh, they finished last year top 10 in many advanced statistics. Like I said, 11th in efficiency, according to my ratings. And they bring back nine starters on that defense. Remember, this is a defense that allowed 20 points or fewer in nine games last year. I think it was at 20 or 21 points. Either way, 20 points or fewer, I believe, in nine games last year. They did, they did give up a 29 to Florida at Florida Week 1. But remember, Utah probably should have won that game. They led 19-14 in the fourth quarter, and Utah led 26-22 late in the fourth quarter. And when I say 19-14, that was Utah that had that lead. So Utah would control a lot of that game. They allowed 14 points up to about halfway through the fourth quarter, and then Utah had a few late scores, ended up scoring, I think, with you know, a minute or two left. So Utah is a good team. This is an underrated team. Not a lot of people give these Pac-12 powers the, the credit. And I understand nationally, they haven't performed well, but at home, first week of the season, Utah will be ready to go and hit the ground running pretty, I don't know if literally hit the ground running because I think they may use Cam Rising a little bit more in the passing game this year, but even Cam Rising, he's one of those quarterbacks for Utah that accepts the the physicality, accepts that, you know, contact and Utah is a team that, as the season goes on, kind of like LSU, we talked about this before, as the year goes on, injuries may test them. But early in the season, that's when you want to play them. Now let's talk about Florida. Florida's bringing back 11 total starters, 6 offense, and 5 defense. Now they do get Graham Mertz. A lot of people are pointing that, to that as a positive. I'm not so sure how much of a positive. Um, look, on, on on paper, they do have talent. Like I said, Graham Mertz is a good, not a great quarterback, good quarterback. Uh, of course, they have Trevor Etienne, you know, wide receiver Ricky Persall, the transfer from ASU, who's going to have a good year, I think. But can they and Billy Napier finally break through? Now, I'm giving them a chance to. I think they should, Florida, should be much better this year than what we got last season. But I'm just not sure, again, week one, if they're going to be ready for this game on the road against a good Utah team, great Utah team, I think, in some areas, and a hostile place to play, one of the toughest places in the country to play. Now, last year, looking at last season, Florida, as a team, overall FEI rankings came in 29th. Offensive line, though, do have to make up a few. That's the thing. Utah's going to bring it on the O-line and D-line. Last year, Florida's offensive line ranked 74th in opportunity rate. Just so you know, in case you're unfamiliar, Opportunity rate is the percentage of carries when four yards are available 
that they that the offense gains at least four yards. So if it's if it's third and four, third and eight, first and ten, whatever. If there's four yards to gain, how often are you gaining at least four yards? Uh, Florida's offensive line last year, 74th in the country in that stat. Utah's defensive line ranked 13th in that stat. So not a great matchup there. And I'm not so sure if Florida got that much better on the offensive line to compare with Utah's D-line, which really didn't get much worse in my overall projections, given given everyone who uh, left, all the all the newcomers. Utah's line should, defensive line should be just as good. Um, let's see, Twenty. Uh, going back to Florida's offensive line, last year they were 24th in sack rate. So that's one thing they could hang their hat on, and that should improve again this year. Maybe, a, I think, a top 20 team in terms of overall sack rate. But Utah's defensive line was ninth in that same category. So again, not really finding the deficiencies where Florida tends to kind of bully teams on the line, and that's where they win some games, or at least will win games moving forward. So here's what Florida wants to do. Florida wants to establish the run. And they actually have success when they can do that. Florida ranked sixth in the country last season in power success rate. That's a very important stat. Number six in the entire country. So they have the ability to be bullies at the line. But again, it's just a horrible matchup for them because Utah's defensive line last year ranked 12th, or I think 13th. Um, I can't read my <laughs> handwriting here. As you're 12th or 13th in the country in that same stat, power success rate. So that kind of negates what Florida wants to do well. Florida wants to run, establish that, throw off the run. At least they did last year. And I'm not so sure Graham Mertz is just going to open things up this year for the offense for Florida. Now, Graham Mertz is a good quarterback, like I said, but not great. And we have some stats here in a minute to talk about that. But if Florida can't run the football and can't play their style where they want to establish that run and pass off the run, I think that too much is going to be put on Graham Mertz's shoulders in this first game, new team, new offense, hostile environment. Now, Graham Mertz, we talked about his stats here. Overall in his career, he does have pretty good stats. But when you focus it down to AP top 25 teams, he's got five touchdowns and 12 interceptions. And I like to look at this because a lot of quarterbacks get their garbage time numbers or like to beat up on the smaller teams. And I was actually more impressed with Sam Hartman going to Notre Dame right from Wake Forest. And I said, okay, how did Wake and Sam Hartman do against top 25 teams? It's like, okay, they did pretty well. You know, even though I'm, I am taking the under for Notre Dame's you know, season win total, I think that Sam Hartman's a very good quarterback. He's got a great number for, I don't have it in front of me, but the touchdown to interception ratio against top 25 teams. That's what you need to, to project how are they going to play in big games in the future, things like that. Sam Hartman, and, or, uh, I'm not sorry, Graham Mertz against top 25 opponents in his career, five touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Overall, not a great spot, not a great scenario for Florida. We'll take Utah minus the eight and a half in that early season game. So that does it for today's show. I know a lot of these games aren't for a little bit, but uh, there's value and these lines, I believe, will move. So Utah minus eight and a half is our pick. Good luck or whatever you have going on today or tonight. MLB is back tonight. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning, bright and early, right here on Sports Betting Daily.